Northwestern Energy wants ratepayers to pay for um, the coal strip purchase. And if they want the ratepayers to pay for it instead of the stockholders, then they have to go through the Public Service Commission. And that's the, way, the route that Northwestern Energy has chosen. So these elected officials are the ones that will be the trigger for um, not only Coal Strip 4, but any um, fracked gas plants that they buy and any pipelines for fracked gas that they buy that will be paid for with a blank check, it appears to me, because we don't don't have enough information about what what the dynamics of the decision are. Today, we're welcoming Jeff Smith, Max Smith's dad. Jeff is the co-chair for 350 Montana, which aims to reduce atmospheric concentrations of CO2 to 350 parts per million by implementing strategic actions and by advocating policies to end fossil fuel burning. The future that they envision is one that I believe that we can all get behind, a rapid conversion to 100% renewable energy systems using wind, water, and solar energy. Does that sound uh, accurate to you, Jeff, what I, what I just said? Yeah, it does. Uh-huh, that's great. Perfect. Um, we, were, we were just talking about, uh, I guess it's over 400 parts per million now, uh, atmospheric CO2. Uh, is 350 still the, the, the number? Well, you know, 350 is the, is the ceiling, is the threshold below which um, we don't see any permanent damage to the life support systems on the planet. As soon as we get above 350 parts per million, then we start seeing, um, you know, damage, permanent damage. And now we're up to about, what, 412, 415. Um, So we've roared past the safe level. And the carbon in our atmosphere is, is um, blinking red right now. Yeah, that's a really scary place to be. So we've got you on here to discuss your, uh, I guess it's, it was, it's over a month old now, but your, your piece uh, in the Missoulian uh, called Whose Side is the Montana Public Service Commission on? which discusses the recent decision by Northwestern Energy to purchase a 25% share in the as you say, a rapidly declining southeastern coal strip four plant from Puget Sound Energy for one dollar, um, and in the piece you also discuss the lack of oversight and transparency by the Montana Public Service Commission, and the potential for um, offloading of infrastructure costs on uh, to Montana uh, ratepayers. Um, so this piece it levels a number of damning accusations at the Montana PSC. Can, can you uh, discuss what lit the fire in your belly? Uh, like, uh, why did you write this piece and what originally made 350 Montana want to run a campaign against Northwestern Energy and the current PSC? 
Well, you know, where the rubber meets the road on carbon loading in Montana is um, at Coal Strip. You know, Coal Strip is the largest source of CO2 in the West. And, um, you know, with, with these plants, they were built for, for about 30 years worth of productivity. And we're past that now. Um, so not, they're outmoded and they're expensive to maintain and they create um, all this carbon loading in our atmosphere and it creates all the, the climate change. So, you know, 350 um, and our, our strategy is to go after the coal strip plants and try to shut them down. Um, you know, there are four of them. And two of them closed in January. And the writing was on the wall for Coal Strip 3 and 4. All of their owners, except for, what is it, about 30% of Coal Strip 4, um, which is owned by uh, Northwestern Energy, all of the rest of the energy goes to the West Coast um, on power, through these giant power lines. Um, and all of the utilities on the west coast have had enough they don't want coal their customers don't want coal they know it's expensive and they um, have a moral um you know um regard for um the life systems on the planet and um have made plans to switch out um you know when those plans were being implemented um and we're Due to come, you know, we're due to shut down coal strip three and four um, by 2025. Um, but then Northwestern Energy stepped in and determined that they were going to purchase um, coal strip four and keep it going. Hmm. So you know, this is part of our long-term strategy. The, the first thing that we we, we, we were interested in at the beginning of three, 350 Montana, which was about, oh, I don't know, six years ago now. Um, we were interested in stopping the, the opening of a new mine, um, um, the Otter Creek mine out in southeast Montana that, that um, you know, the, the big brains in Montana wanted to uh, open a brand new coal mine and, uh, uh, train, um, you know, uh, have these train loads of coal going to the West Coast to export to Asia. Um, so, you know, we we got involved in that, and, and um, you know, um, the economics fell apart. But also, um, there were a lot, there was a lot of uh, people who were distressed by that whole plan of having uh, coal trains um, riding through their communities all the time. Right. And, then, and then we moved from that to Coal Strip to, to try and shut Coal Strip down. Yeah, we had a, a, a really uh, interesting discussion with the, with the mayor of Coal Strip. And uh, yeah, it's a, I guess it's a delicate conversation to have um, particularly i mean we understand the environmental impacts but then there is the in impact on on a whole community uh which basically is a company town and has been that way yeah. for some time um 
Yeah, well, well, of course, there needs to be justice for those people that have, you know, um, got their lives wrapped up in it. You know, and if you talk to labor people, particularly progressive labor people, they say, you know, look, we've got a billion dollars in a coal severance trust fund in Montana because we were smart enough to tax the coal companies when we started building coal strip. We've got a billion dollars sitting there in the bank. Um, this is what it was made for. It was made for making this transition. And, you know, I have no qualms at all about ask, uh, asking th- uh, those workers in Coal Strip if they want to retire. Right. And <laughs> using the Coal Severance Trust yeah. Fund to pay them, pay them up, pay them the rest of their lives. I have yeah. no, no problem at all with that. We have, we have the money. Why don't we do it? Huh. So the, the <laughs> Right. Yeah. And I think just recognizing that these emissions too, isn't just harmful to our environment, but it's harmful to people across the entire globe. So yes, we definitely need to make sure that we have justice for those of coal strip, just as, as much as we need to make sure we get off of these fossil fuels just as fast, because it's not just about our, our environment too. It's a people problem everywhere of folks getting affected by this. So yeah, thanks. You know, it's yeah. really, you know, this this is a generational choice, right? I mean, you know, we we have the, the climate as the, the motivation to make this transition. But, you know, and, and it's a difficult transition. And it carries with it all of these, um, you know, extraneous um, human service problems, you know, that, that go along with it. But it's also, let's get down to, to the basics. It's also an opportunity. You know, I mean, we can take care of the workers in Coal Strip. At the same time, we create generations of jobs for Montanans. You know, people who are educated here, we need to build a smart grid. We need to build all of this, um, you know, clean energy infrastructure. It's an incredible um, green, green energy project. You know, let's do it an opportunity we can lead the world you know and we don't have that far to go in montana you know 50 percent of our our electricity comes from hydroelectric dams another mm-hmm. what 15 or 20 percent comes from wind and you know we can go to 100 percent renewable energy or clean energy whereas a lot of other states can't mm. I have a question on that note. Um, so you've discussed um, 350's strategy um, in, in, in great depth um, and, and harken back to the early, early days of, of, that, um, of the organization. Um, we, wa- we want to drill down into Northwestern Energy's strategy now. Um, so you've met with Bob Rowe, the CEO, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, I, you know, I sat, so, I sat across the breakfast table with Bob in um, <laughs> Dr. Jerome Walker's um, home in, in Missoula. Um, Jerome had written a letter to the editor, and Bob called him and said, I'm coming to Missoula. Can, can we have a conversation? And Jerome said, yes. So we sat across the table with uh, with Bob. This is probably... Um, four years ago now, 
Mm-hmm. Okay, oh, four years ago. Wow. Um, so that was pre-procurement plan. Uh, what, um, okay. Um, so let's let's go on the electric power uh, Montana Power Podcast elevator and let's look down thirty thousand feet at that. Um, in your view, um, why hasn't he been a leader in planning for more renewable energy options that you just talked about? You know, why doesn't he have that kind of vision? And can you contrast Montana's plan or Northwestern Energy's plan um, for resource procurement with Colorado's plan? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, you know, it, when we sat next uh, across the table from Bob, you know, Jerome and I brought up the fact that, you know, with this, this um, um, you know, uh, what what is it called? What's that? That um, I'm, I'm blanking the name, but that uh, um, hydroelectric uh, storage the, unit. Up, up. The Gordon Butte. Gordon Butte. Butte. Yeah, Gordon Butte was 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 um, a proposal at that time, and we said, Bob, you know, why don't you go with, with wind and solar? They're so cheap, and then you know, get involved in this Gordon Butte storage project. It's the answer, you know. And Bob had a one-word one um, response. He paused and then he said, expensive. And that was the end of the conversation, expensive. Um, and, you know, I don't think, though, I, I liked your question about you know, why he wants to go to fossil fuels. And really, I think what Northwestern Energy has going for it is a pyramid scheme. Mm-hmm. You know, all of these people in the executive um, department of Northwestern Energy, they get huge stock benefits. And the stock, um, you know, has has grown um, in, in value, um, um, you know, over the last um, five years, um, it's really accelerated its value. So not only do they get their salaries, they've got, you know, all kinds of um, stock preferences coming in. And you look at who's selling Northwestern Energy and Northwestern executives um, are at the top of the list selling their stocks. Um, so I think, I think the, the moral question is a good one for Bob. You know, you know what, what, um, it, what coal strip is doing to um, the life support systems on this planet, yet you choose to keep it going, you know, because um, of the, the greed and the payoff that's going there, you know, I, I, uh, I really think that that's the motivation. It, um, it, it's because it, it doesn't pencil out. It doesn't pencil out um, in the short term and it doesn't pencil out in the long term. Right. I feel like Bob Rowe told you that himself with that one word answer, um, what it all comes down to for the executives that are making these decisions. Um, so I guess I'm wondering too, Jeff, uh, when, so 350's plan was obviously to go after the coal plants to 
to work on stopping this climate crisis. But when did it turn towards a little bit more of a focus on the Public Service Commission here in Montana? Because this is a body that even climate activists across the country uh, often overlook. And I'm wondering what, what brought your 350s attention to this in the first place? And then how has that campaign moved along uh, throughout the years? Well, you know, we, um, the, 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 um, the trigger for um, all the fossil fuel infrastructure um, is the PSC. Right. Northwestern Energy can make those decisions on its own. You know, it can purchase coal strip on its own without the oversight of the Public Service Commission unless Northwestern Energy wants ratepayers to pay for um, the coal strip purchase. And if they want the ratepayers to pay for it, instead of the stockholders, then they have to go through the Public Service Commission. And that's the, way, the route that Northwestern Energy has chosen. So these elected officials are the ones that will be the trigger for um, not only coal strip four, but any um, fracked gas plants that they buy and any pipelines for fracked gas that they buy that will be paid for with a blank check, it appears to me, because we don't don't have enough information about what what the dynamics of the decision are. Mm. Mm. So I mean, you you asked you asked, you asked earlier about Colorado and how Montana compares to Colorado. Do you do you want to circle back mm. to that? That that would be good, I think, just to yeah, yeah to yeah square the. A conversation. Okay, you know, there, Colorado has a very similar um, um, situation that we do, um, in that they have great wind and solar resources. Um, they have a lot of coal plants that are burning coal right now, and they have a lot of dialogue about which way they want to go. You know, and um, a, a community group. Um, hired a, a consultant to come in and compare um, the ratepayer effects, the costs to ratepayers of continuing with the coal burning. And then the second um, comparison was with replacing the coal with natural, natural gas-fired plants. And then the third tier was to go to what they call deep decarbonization, meaning that not only would they move heavily and as fast as they could to wind and solar um, generation of electricity, they'd also um, encourage everyone in Colorado to move to an electri electrified system, you know, meaning electric cars, um, you know, really efficient um, utilities in their homes, um, you know, uh, deep decarbonization um, is what they called it. And they did a, a compa comparison of cost. This company was called Vibrant Green Energy. And um, uh, there was a really great article in Vox Magazine online by David Roberts about it. And he said that it was definitive, that this study 
was really clear um, that deep decarbonization of, of, of the society of Colorado saved money for ratepayers in the immediate time frame, in the intermediate time frame, and in the long run, that the ratepayers saved money all the way along by going to deep decarbonization. Hmm. Hmm. What do you think is uh, is so different about Colorado that made them um, be able to justify such a different energy procurement plan from the current one in, in Montana? Um, I, I, I think that, um, there's less corruption um, in the po- politics. And I think um, also Amory Lovins lives there. Um, they've already laid groundwork for a lot of, uh, uh, you know, um, solar, um, uh, rooftop solar and, and industrial solar. Um, I, I think they were, they were ready. Um, there were enough people who were interested and ready that they, they, they wanted to look at um, these objective costs. Mm, that's interesting. Uh, I guess uh, this is a sort of a, a sidebar. Have, have you, this is a pop culture question. Have you had a chance to look into Michael Moore's new uh, film, Planet of the Humans? It, it certainly uh, has created a lot of controversy, and I think some people have legitimate criticisms of the film. But I think some of the things it has to say are at least prescient. Just the idea that we have to reduce consumption in addition to changing our grid. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I haven't I haven't seen the film, but I really agree with that. You know, if you look at Northwestern Energy's procurement plan, nowhere, absolutely nowhere, is there any mention of of cutting back um, consumption or of encouraging hmm. people to save energy? Nowhere. It's that's that's. That, that is by far the cheapest source of, of electricity is saving it and never generating it. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just not part of the plan. Hmm. Yeah, the plan even call, calls to double their energy production. Um, well, <laughs> so they don't have to bite off of the open market, I suppose, for the peak demands. Yeah. But just the way that they're doing that with these four new fracked gas plants and trying to buy more of coal strip of no major investments in renewables. And they tried to uh, cut net metering rates for rooftop solar last year. Uh, it's just it's many steps backwards. Yeah. On that note, dad, uh, <laughs> I mean, Jeff, no dad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on that, on that note of the procurement plan and natural gas specifically, I, you know, we kind of, grilled uh david ewer we really tried to get his ideas down as far as um investments that northwestern energy was planning to make in natural gas and uh and what what that would mean in the future if uh if uh regulations changed and um you know society moved towards um um stricter uh, control of uh, of the way that power companies were producing energy and and, and uh, basically trying to really shift um, 
to, to a more renewable grid and, and with batteries. And, you know, we were curious uh, what David had to say about, you know, sunk costs and, and, um, and uh, having to leave those resources and all those investments behind and, and who would, who would, who would eat that, you know, eat, eat those costs? Would it be rate payers or would it be stock stockholders or would it be, um, would it be the state of Montana? Um, and, you know, now, now that uh, we've come a month from that interview, we see a new wrinkle in the system in that um, natural gas prices have fallen, uh, oil prices have fallen in particular, um, you know, and um, there's a major threat now to all of those uh, dr drilling companies, you know, um, with the mm -hmm. price dropping to... Uh, uh, zero at one point. And Below then, zero. Uh, per yeah. barrel. Zero dollars per barrel. Yeah. So I was, I was curious if you can help us, uh, uh, um, extend this, uh, um, uh, investigation into what all this means in, in terms of, uh, Northwestern Energy's plan, you know, does that, does it throw a lot of this into uh, question, you know, that maybe the supply of natural gas is going to, go out the window, maybe it'll come back. What, what, what are your thoughts on all this? Well, I, I hear what you're talking about. You know, you're talking about um, carbon taxes, and you're talking about recognizing the price that everybody pays when we pour carbon into the atmosphere. And at some point, you know, you, most people think that Americans are going to um, you know, turn on a dime. They're going to really switch gears. Um, and we're going to have leadership that articulates um, the costs of the current system and articulates, um, you know, um, who needs to pay for um, the new system. And, um, you know, that's the writing on the wall. You know, we can't have Trump forever. Um, or people like Trump, um, we're going to make, make a change, and the change is going to have uh, huge impacts on, on uh, you know, where we get our power. Um, and, you know, I was reading today that uh, one of the, the supporters of the Green New Deal um, in Canada, I think, um, was was looking at the, the tar sands and looking at this economic collapse in, in the oil and gas industry. And she said, the tar sands are dead in the water. They're just not going to ever come back now. Hmm. Um, are you talking about Naomi Klein? No, I, I can't remember her name. Oh. Um, but... Um, I, I really like that way of thinking. You know, um, this is an opportunity. Let's use it. And let's move. Yeah, it certainly is a great opportunity. Uh, I wish all the money was um, was being directed uh, that way. It, uh, it seems like the key is maybe not at this point in the federal level, but organizing locally for races like Dan's to uh, push from the bottom up, I guess. Yeah, I re I'm really a believer in in, um, in movements, not not in voting. You know, I mean, I mean voting um, is only part of democracy, um, and we need to unpack uh, 
all of the tools of democracy right now. Mm. We've gotten so complacent, lazy, we, we've forgotten how to use the other tools. And, and this is the time to implement them. Well, can I ask, can I ask Dan a question on that front? Because, I, you know, just as an onlooker, you know, looking at his campaign, you know, what, what have you been doing, Dan, in terms of um, trying to engage people, um, you know, and, and, and raising these issues directly with people? What, what have you been, what's your strategy been these, these campaign months? Um, you know, the strategy's really changed after uh, having to go into quarantine with this pandemic, but throughout this almost year of campaigning now, it's really been trying to first let people know why the Public Service Commission matters, how, uh, how this is affecting our energy grid and our, and our climate, and, um, uh, you know, really I'm just trying to get – uh, the focus of our, of all the people in my Sunrise Movement group and other uh, climate organizations in, in Montana to kind of steer their focus towards politics and and getting engaged with this. And I am definitely in agree. I definitely agree that um, without a social movement, we're not going to get these changes that are needed. Uh, right now, our our political system is kind of stuck in between um, battling between the Republicans and Democrats over uh, when neither of them are really proposing the solutions that scientists are demanding. So when engaging in this campaign, I'm really trying to really focus on, on focus in on just uh, the bigger picture with our climate crisis that's going on when talking to voters. Um, the PSC plays a, a major role in this and the, the PSC has been allowed to uh, over-evaluate coal strip and put the costs onto consumers, um, make these bad deals for Montanans because the public, uh, the public um, involvement has not really been there. And that's why they've been able to make these horrible decisions and allow these monopolies to run all over us. So I, at the end of the day, I think we need public involvement um, uh, as in standing up to your elected officials, uh, going to their – going to their public uh, meetings where they allow that comment, writing these letters to the newspapers and just trying to get as many people aware and involved about who's increasing their rates, who's bringing us down this path of climate catastrophe. And when it comes down to it, um, we have, we have a very short list of names in politics that we could, if these people change their decision, we would, um, we would not be down this path. So, Really, I've just been trying to bring the message of what scientists are saying needs to be done of climate change and then trying to show voters and and ratepayers um, what what the PSC is doing and what Northwestern Energy is doing and how that's completely uh, disconnected to having any sort of livable climate in the future. Uh, their emissions are, are going to go up in the next 20 years if we allow them to do this plan. So I think – uh, I just am trying to get people engaged into into this race to care about um, to just try and speak their mind to their to their PSCs um, try and their senators and so on and so forth. Uh, I just think public involvement is going to be the way out of the way out of this. And looking at social movements in the past as well, um, they couldn't be done without without people continuously taking action. 
So I'm really just trying to get as many people engaged to whatever level they're able to do. Um, just spend a little bit of time just uh, trying to work on these issues together. So just trying to get everybody involved has been my main campaign strategy and really trying to focus in on, on um, these fossil fuel workers, these uh, communities that have been negatively affected by energy companies in the past, and really just trying to focus on what scientists are demanding needs to happen throughout this campaign. And I hope the truth of science will, will speak through and we get these, uh, uh, the right policies passed at the end of the day. Well, that's a great speech, Dan. What, what do you think, Dad, about that uh, strategy? You know, do you, um, is, 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 that the, is that the path forward? I mean, this is, a, this is a close primary race in the Democratic side between Dan and Monica Trinnell. And uh, where, do you, where do you fall on this, on this race so far? And do you think we can organize our way out of this? Or? Well, I, I've really admired Dan from the beginning um, as an agent of change. You know, um, years and millions of dollars have gone into um, convincing us that that fracked natural gas is good for us, that it's uh, a bridge fuel. It's a bridge to the future. But you burn natural gas, um, and it has about 30% of the CO2 as, as coal, which is a lot. And then if you also um, measure the amount of lost methane um, all the way along the production um, process from the oil well heads to the the drilling to all the pipeline fittings, you know, and that that methane is, is what, 60 times more powerful as a, a greenhouse gas than the CO2 is. So it's a really, really dangerous idea to get dependent on uh, a source of, uh, of, of um, power that's, that's uh, 60 times the, the um, greenhouse gas power of, of uh, CO2. You know, and Dan, you've spoken from the beginning uh, about how this is the wrong way to go. And I've admired your strength and your consistency all the way through about natural gas and coal and your voice of reason on, on, uh, or the warming climate. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah. I really just try to elevate the, the voices of, of science, of scientists really. Um, and I wish more policymakers would listen to scientists as well. So I appreciate that. All right. Um, uh, Max, do you have any uh, anything else to add? <clears throat> well, I do have a final question, I guess. Um, uh, we haven't talked about this yet, but my my dad's a real big history buff, and 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 not like uh, you know Amer- you know history of the United States or history of the world or you know Mongolian history or anything like that. Like he he really focused on um, what makes this state tick. You know, the people of Montana tick. I think. Um, and he didn't even grow up here, uh, um, but he he has explored um, what's happened in this state um, since it's uh, since it's you know since before it was a state since you know it was an indigenous um, an indigenous place um, and so I guess 
he even wrote a book, uh, you know, uh, pu- published his own book about about such a thing, and and he chronicled a, a different uh, Montana history event for each day of the calendar year. So, anyway, so we're curious, uh, you know, with your knowledge of the many generations of of uh, Montanans and pre-Montanans, um, what's your perspective on um, wealth and power in, in this state, and how is it? How is it? How is it? Um, um, been leveled in the past? Like how, how have people been able to, uh, kind of, uh, create their own destiny in this state and, uh, and, and, and with the, you know, the various industrialists in the past, let's say, and then, you know, what, what's your perspective on what, 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 uh, what secrets does that have for us? You know, what, what can we learn? I don't know. You know, um, uh, you know, William Andrews Clark was one of the uh, the founders of, of the copper mines in Butte. He was one of the copper kings. Um, you can still visit, visit his mansion in downtown Butte and look at the gold trims in his in, on, uh, on the ceiling. Um, and uh, you know, when Butte first started, they were burning um, smelting copper um, ore. Um, um, in the Silver Bow Creek, they were um, chopping down trees and then throwing, uh, setting them on fire and throwing copper ore um, on, on top of it and reducing the, 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 the metals um, that way. And open air, um, you know, slow smoldering fires all throughout uh, below Butte. Um, and it was the first case of really, really bad um, air pollution. Um, you know, the, the, the um, trolleys were running into carriages because people couldn't see even a half a block ahead of, ahead of them. And people were, were falling over dead in, in downtown Butte. And somebody went up to William Andrews Clark and said, what are you going to do about the air pollution here? It's terrible. You know, and he paused for a minute and he looked at the, the, the questioner and he said, the women in Butte are known for their fair complexions. <laughs> now that's the, that's the level of detachment that can happen in, ex, in extreme um, times, you know, and, and we, are, we are there again now. Yes, with the, you know, the COVID thing, definitely. And, um, you know, it took, um, you know, a lot of um, ordinary people um, through collective action um, to um, get um, the kind of public health examinations that were necessary um, to look at the effects of that smoke. And eventually that was one of the first big public health triumphs in U.S. history where uh, public health officials came in and they, they traced the deaths and they traced the lung disease and they traced all the animals, you know, by the anaconda smelter who had died and the poisoned ground, you know. Um, and then um, they actually took it to court and after... Um, years and years and years of battling, they eventually um, 
made the company pay, compensate um, for the damages that they did. So it's collective action, you know, Max. Um, it's, it's, it's all of us getting together and saying we're not going to tolerate it. We're not going to tolerate um, uh, uh, a, a utility, a very wealthy utility that made $200 million last year in profit and contributes to candidates who are running for the Public Service Commission. We're not going to tolerate it. That's corruption. And we're not going to tolerate um, people on the Public Service Commission who are paying more attention to what um, the company wants instead of what's right. Um, and, you know, Dan, your campaign is a magnificent example of, of connecting, of, of getting people together and, and, and becoming aware and um, I hope that you make it this time. If you don't, I hope that you find um, another um, office to run for or that you um, are here to uh, uh, be the catalyst for this collective action on into the future. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, I, I am definitely here to stay fortified for the long, long term until we get this thing done. So. I'll be I'll be organizing with, with Sunrise or, or doing what I can until we really get, at least cut our emissions um, to to where we can get back down to that 350 level. Yeah, it's something that we can do, you know. And you can see from from the way that that uh, the, the Earth is healing just from during the the the, the, the slowdown in the industrialization that, that we're seeing during the COVID infection that. That's mm -hmm. the path. That's the path forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is the first year that we really made progress on our on our emissions, and it, it wasn't our choice. It just happened. But all the all the tools are on the table now. The, the Gordon Butte, like we talked about, all these tools are out there to where we can really fix this thing. It just depends um, uh, how we can stop people's greed um, and and. Uh, and really just work collectively. We're committed as a society to stop this or, or we're going to keep allowing these few profiteers to take us down this path. And I think we're going to win. I think we're definitely going to win. I, I think we are too. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people who are running for office now have these answers that are, yeah, but, you know, yeah, I hear what you're saying about climate, but we can't do it right now but we need to go build the natural gas plants. But, you know, we can't lay the coal strip workers off and compensate them. You know, I've never heard you ever do that, Dan. I've never heard you ever say, yeah, but it's always, this is where we need to go. And this is why. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's too much at stake. Well, yeah, I think, I mean, the one thing we can maybe learn from this COVID thing is, I mean, they, it's being treated as an emergency. And I mean, I think we're, we're living in a state of climate emergency. We're in the sixth, you know, uh, major extinction event in the history of the planet. Um, you know, if we, it's just, I mean, it shows that if we do devote our collective energies towards this, then we can do a lot in a short amount of time, at least a, I think so. Yeah, we have the tools. 
it's just the it's the will. Yeah. Well, do you guys have anything else to add? Uh, I thought that was a that was a great conversation. I think it brought up a uh, a lot of uh, different ways forward, and definitely added some dimension to um, the problems facing uh, the, uh, the the ratepayers and and the PSC and, and the various parties involved uh, moving forward um, for uh, Montana's energy future. I agree. I can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait to share it. Um, th- thank you, Dad. Yeah. Thanks a lot. All right. Dad. Thank you, guys. Um, you know, uh, one of the things that, that uh, 350 Montana is trying to do right now is trying to get that company, Vibrant Green Energy, to Montana to do a similar study here so that as we move into the election cycle um, in, in um, August and September and October, there's a clear study um, with a clear path forward for Montana. We don't have to rely on, on Northwestern Energy's corruption. Um, to tell us why they can't meet peak loads with anything other than coal or natural gas. So that's what we're hoping to do in the next next couple of months is get that company here doing that, that study. Mm. So where, where can people plug into that uh, that project, Dan? Um, 350montana.org 350 um, and... Uh, um, yeah, um, 350montana at gmail.com. Okay, perfect. And, um, do you guys have any other plugs? Uh, Dan, do you have any, uh, any campaign events coming up? <laughs> no, no, uh, events coming up except for we're doing virtual phone banks every day, which has been pretty fun. But, um, uh, and I think this Thursday, it sounds like uh, Monica and I will both get to be on a Zoom call together talking about these issues with the progressive Montana Dems. So I'll be sure to update uh, everybody on that too. But I think this is really nice talking talking to you, Jeff. And 350's got the right perspective, I think, on, on how to solve this problem with building the social movement and taking on these, taking on these um, major... Uh, greenhouse gas emitters right at the source. And I, I think y'all have been doing a really good job at it with 350 going after the PSC and Northwestern energy for, for years now. So I really appreciate you coming on and talking with us. Yeah. All right. Thank Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Max. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jeff. All right. You guys take care. Thanks. Have a great night. Good night. Bye. Good night. Good night.